would stand with me, amen, we're going to go to the word of the Lord this morning, amen, it is good to be in church, amen, amen, I don't know who needs to hear it, but the devil's a liar, amen, 2021 is here, and we're still in church, amen, we almost need to give everybody a, a, some sort of ribbon or something that says, congratulations, you made it through 2020. <laughs> Amen. It was a, a year that we'd probably all rather forget and move past. But you know what? In spite of last year, God has blessed the church. And there's always good things that still seem to happen. Amen. Because God is in control. If you, if you remember in the Old Testament... As the people of God were uh, enslaved in the uh, nation of Egypt. And the, the Bible says that the Jewish people, they lived in the land of Goshen. And that was somewhere off in the distance. Amen. They didn't live in the same uh, city limits as the Egyptians, but they lived in the land of Goshen. But the Bible says that as the plagues began to be poured out, Amen. And it was really the wrath of God on the Egyptians that all of the different plagues that took place in Egypt, none of them happened in the land of Goshen. Amen. God's people still enjoyed, looked out and saw the sun shine in the clouds, moving, the wind blowing through the trees. Amen. Things were good in the land of Goshen. God kept his hand upon his people. But meanwhile, in Egypt, amen, they were dealing with frogs galore and locusts eating up all the crops and and blood in the water, and and the firstborn dying, and, and every other plague that came down upon the land of Egypt, but in the land of Goshen, Amen. Things were wonderful, things were good, and God is faithful. God is good. The book of Saint John, chapter four, Amen. If you have it, shout Amen. Well, we'll wait a little bit longer. The book of Saint John. We're going to go to chapter number four. Amen. This is a story maybe you've heard before. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. There is a bit of wisdom on the Lord's part there, reasons why he left Judea and went into Galilee. Uh, but if you uh, study the history of the Jewish people, amen, even though on the map Judea is south and Galilee's to the north, Samaria is right in the middle. It would be the normal path, but because of the, uh, the uh, different relations, the bad relations, the ill relations between the Jews and the Samaritans, the Jewish people would typically go around. Samaria says not to contaminate themselves, early, or so they thought. But the Bible says in verse 4 that of Jesus, and he must needs go through Samaria. And so he went there with purpose and with intent. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, which according to the clock is 12 o'clock noon. 
Amen. We're getting close to 12 o'clock. Amen. But it was about the sixth hour. It was high noon, as somebody said. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. <clears throat> and this woman, amen, of Samaria came at that 12 o'clock hour, at the, one of the hottest times of day, amen, because if she would have went there in the early morning hours, amen, there would have been other women at the well drawing water, and they would have no doubt confronted her for her sinful lifestyle that she was living at the moment, as we'll see here in a few moments. But Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy food, or buy meat, as the King James says. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, <clears throat> askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of me. Uh, that would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Amen. Sometimes we cannot see what is right in front of us because of our prejudices and because of uh, preconceived ideas. And we, because of all the clutter in our minds and the things that we are involved in in our personal life. And Jesus is looking, him right, looking at her right in the face and she can't identify that this is somebody that's extremely powerful and, amen, without doubt, very special. The woman saith unto him in verse 11, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Amen. She sees the reasons why it can't happen. She sees that he doesn't have what it takes, or at least her eyes are telling her this. Amen. But the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So in spite of what you're seeing today, if you'll allow eyes of faith, amen, to be opened before you, amen, you'll be able to see what God wants to show you today. And she asked the question, from whence then hast thou that living water? And then she begins to try to delegitimize him. And she says, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus says in verse 13, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Amen. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. He begins to speak prophetically about the coming Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. He says, Whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Shall be in him a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. Let's pray right now and ask the Lord to speak to each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in this place of worship, God. We thank you, Lord, for the touch of the Holy Ghost. I am asking you humbly this morning, God, that you would anoint my lips of clay. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint every heart and every mind. I pray, God, that you would help the Word of God to go, God, from our hearing, from our ears, and get into our hearts, from our minds to our hearts, God. Let there be the application of the Word to our hearts and to our lives today. 
Hallelujah. I pray, God, that you would bring change and transformation. Have your way, God, in this place today. We'll not fail to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Jesus specifically chose to go through Samaria. Amen. From Judea on the way to Galilee. Amen. And he said, I've got to break the cultural norms of going around Samaria. And it's time that the cultural norms be broken. And we as Jewish people, the people of God, begin to see the Samaritans not as this diseased, ugly, inbred people. Amen. But as a people that need God, they need the power of God to work in their lives. Hallelujah. He had to deal with the preconceived ideas. Amen. That the that the plan of salvation, that the that the God of the Jews was only for the Jewish people, but no, it was also in fact for the entire world. Amen. And I would to God, amen, that somebody in this place would get that understanding and that revelation. That this gospel message that we're preaching today is not for just the man with the beautiful house and the white picket fence and and two dogs and three kids and the nice nine to five job. But this gospel is also for the homeless man, amen, that lives behind the railroad tracks. This gospel is also, amen, a gospel for every nationality, amen, for the blacks, the whites, the browns, the yellows, amen, the reds, every color, every skin color, every tone, every tribe, every language, every walk of life, amen. But interestingly about John chapter 4 is that again, Jesus knew, amen, where this woman of Samaria would be at this particular time juncture in the day at this particular time and hour of the day amen he knew exactly where to find the samaritan woman amen in the foreknowledge of god he knew that uh, when i get to samaria there's going to be a woman that's sitting at the well that's drawing water and she's there because of lots of problems in her life perhaps they are her own doing but irregardless she needs a word from the lord Because in the heart, in the recesses of this woman's heart, is a desire to escape, amen, from the mundane of life. To escape, amen, from the the sins that are chained about her and bind her, amen. And she goes from one relationship to another, amen. It is a one fix after another. But can I tell you today that Jesus... Just like he knew where the woman of Samaria would be at the 12 o'clock hour. He here today knows exactly where you are today. Somebody's questioned God today and said, I wonder if God knows my situation. I wonder if God knows my name. I wonder if God knows my distresses. I wonder if God sees me here at the 12 o'clock hour. I'm here to tell you that he knows where you are and what you're doing today. And God sees every man and every woman in this place. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, but rather just somebody that will be able to read the word of the Lord. The Bible says no man comes except the Spirit draw him. Amen. You did not, though you might think it, you did not stumble in here by accident. Amen. Nothing is happen chance. 
in the kingdom of God. But God orchestrates and directs the lives and the affairs of people. And God directed this Samaritan woman on this specific day. Amen. She no doubt was entrenched in the relationship of sin that she was in with the man she was living with. That was not her husband. Some people say, well, well, common law, if I live with them long enough, common law says we're just kind of married. And we'll make excuses for living in sin. Amen. In this specific Bible example, amen, she was living with a man and it was not her husband. And Jesus did not give it legitimacy. He said that the man that you're now with is not your husband. He called her out on her sin and he identified the problem and one of the issues in her life. Amen. Let me give you a background of the Samaritan people. They were they are listed in the Bible and they, uh, it shows even here in, in, in chapter 4 of John. Later on his disciples would gather around us and they would marvel he talked to a Samaritan woman because of all the different norms that were broken. But the Samaritans were despised by the Jews for a number of reasons. And one of the main reasons was their intermarriage with the Gentiles after the Assyrian takeover. Amen. The, the, the Assyrian army had taken the people of God and the a certain uh, select group of people began to intermarry with the Gentile people or the Assyrian people, and they were no longer the pure children of God in the eyes of the Jewish people. And so they were looked at as uh, interlopers or people that intermarry with other nationalities and other. Uh, they, made, they married outside the church, and, and they, they, they just went about things their own way. They, they began to get off in different false doctrines. And the Bible says. And in terms of the false doctrine that they went off into was they only began to legitimize the first five books of the Bible, which is called the Pentateuch. They, they threw out the rest of the Old Testament. Amen. Because one sin oftentimes leads to another sin and leads to another sin and leads into a false doctrine and things begin to go down. Amen. After you begin to break off the covenant relationship that God wants with his people. Amen. But through Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well, he crossed multiple boundaries, as Bible commentators will tell you. One of the uh, boundaries that he crossed in this particular discourse with the woman at the well was a boundary of nationality. When Jesus asked her for a drink, she referenced the long hostility between Jews and Samaritans, where which originated centuries uh, before, as I mentioned, when the Assyrians conquered the northern ten tribes of Israel in 722 B.C., uh, she referenced the different nations and how they were so different. And Jesus went beyond this boundary and he crossed this norm. He also crossed the boundary of culture. Amen. The, Samar- the Samaritans represented in the minds of Jews the opposite of the spectrum of acceptability to be the people of God. Let me say that again. The Samaritans represented the opposite end of the spectrum of what was acceptable to be the people of God. And by going directly to this particular woman in this story in John chapter 4, what Jesus did was he went to the lowest of the low. And in doing so, Jesus made clear that the original intent was to bring God's blessings to the whole world. Amen. Jesus went, amen, to a Samaritan person. Amen. He went to a Samaritan 
female. He went to a woman that was living in sin. Amen. He went to a woman that was, amen, the lowest of low in the society of this particular day. And he shows each and every one of us, amen, that God wants everybody to be saved. Amen. God does not discriminate in dishing out the gospel message and the truth of his word. He also crossed a religious boundary in this day. The Samaritans believed that worship of God should occur uh, should occur at Mount Gerizim, amen, and not in Jerusalem as the Jewish people had subscribed to. And again, as I mentioned a moment ago, they only accepted the first five books of the Bible of the Old Testament as holy writ. So Jesus began to go into even another religion, began to try to reach and reason for this person, amen, to come out of their uh, their disillusionment with the world and try to come out of their sinful lifestyle and their, their backwardness towards the things of God. He tried to reconcile her, amen. Let me tell someone today, it's still the ministry of the church, the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is still the ministry of this church. Amen. There should never be a point in any one of our lives when we go out into the world or even within the proverbial four walls of the church and we look down upon others, but we ought to, amen, be able to make eye contact and say, like Peter and John, such as I have, give I thee. There ought to be something inside of us that is uh, understands that it's the heartbeat of heaven to see reconciliation, to see people come together. The devil wants to divide and wants to conquer and wants to put division and strife, but God is trying to bring it back together. Amen. Through the, through the effects of mankind, the Samaritans were pushed aside, but God said, that's not the way I want it to be. I want them to be reconciled back into the family of God. He also crossed gender boundaries and gender norms because rabbinic uh, prejudice uh, discouraged the fuller religious instruction of women. Amen. It was the principles of the rabbis of this time that they discouraged the, 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 the fuller religious instruction for women. And yet here Jesus is going to a woman and he's given her radical transformative spiritual revelation and truths. He tells her something, amen, that is a revelation. And every one of us needs to get it, amen, for God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's a revelation. And He's giving education. He's giving teaching to a woman. He's going against the gender norms. He goes against tradition. And He he reaches out to a poor woman. Because we know this because drawing water was not the work of women of renown or women of rank or women of influence and money. And yet Jesus preaches the gospel to the poor. Jesus will cross any boundary. He'll cross any barrier. He'll go to any distance to reach one person that in their heart has a desire to know the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There needs to be something that gets in the heart of every apostolic in 2021 that says, God, help me to see the person behind the counter, not as just some checker or some cashier, but help me to see them as somebody that is looking for truth. 
see my neighbor, Brother Daniel, as someone that's not just a person I wave to, and we're all guilty of this, but somebody that might potentially need Jesus. Hallelujah. It was not coincidence that he went by the well at 12 o'clock. He knew if I walk this way, there's going to be a Christine Cornell that sits in this chair. And when I walk here, she'll be ready. Amen. For me to move in her life. He knows exactly where you are. He knows your address. He knows your phone number. Social security. And he knows the number of hairs on your head. He's not, amen, illiterate. He's not without understanding. But he sees and knows each and every one of us today. Hallelujah. For nothing else, I want you to be encouraged. Amen. That God knows your name. That God has his eyes upon you. That God, amen, if you'll allow him to work in your life, he will direct your steps. He will order your steps. Hallelujah. God will order. He will guide. He will direct your steps. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord right now. Come on, would you do that with me? Would you lift up your hands all across this house? And would you just say, thank you, Jesus, that you know my name today. Thank you, Jesus, that you know my name today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift you up the Holy Ghost. Why don't you lift up your voice? In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. God will get through any obstacle to reach you today. He'll turn over every stone. Hallelujah. He'll move everything out of the way so you can find your way back to Him. Hallelujah. For some of us, it was distresses at home. For others of us, it was sicknesses in our body. For others, it was a broken heart and a genuine frustration with life that we found our way to God and we reached out to Him. This woman at the well, she was sick and tired of things that didn't satisfy. For some people, the drug still has its high. The alcohol still has its sweetness. The cigarette still has its its draw. For others, the illicit relationship, amen, still entices us. Hallelujah. The, the, the things that flash across the screen, still they still just pull on us and tug at us. But every one of us, hallelujah, has to reach a point where we say, this is enough. I hate this sin. I can't stand the lifestyle. I can't stand the ups and the downs all the time. I can't stand the broken heart again, one after another. I can't stand another hangover. Amen. It's driving me nuts. Hallelujah. I've got to have something that will suffice. Amen. For eternity and something that will get better and not worse because my life is getting worse. Amen. For this lady, the Bible says that she had five husbands and the one that she was with now is not her husband. If you begin to look at statistics, they say that the success rate of marriages in each, amen, following marriage, the, the success rate begins to plummet and to go and begins to go down and down and down. 
In other words, if you can't uh, work on the first marriage and you try for a second marriage, amen, the success rate comes down. And if you give up on that and go for a third marriage, it begins to plummet. By the time you're on your sixth man or woman, amen, the success rate of it working out is so small. Amen. And, and here, here's where many people come to God. Amen. Their success rate in life was nil to zero. They failed time and again. They messed up over and over. Hallelujah. But God is looking for somebody that just says, God, I'm willing to give you a try. I'm willing to put my life on an altar and let God have his way in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Samaritan woman tried to delegitimize Jesus by saying, you don't have the right tools. Compared him to Jacob, and who was the original digger of the well that they were at. Amen. The Samaritan woman in this story was focused, if you look at this particular chapter and the things that she brought to Jesus' attention, it reveals where her focus was. Her focus was on temporary things. To the point that she could not see eternal matters. She only focused on the snags in life. She only focused on her hang-ups. She only focused on, on things. Amen. She focused on her race and gender as being inferior. And said, well, look at, look at my, my lot in life. Look at where I'm at. I'm a woman. Look at me. I'm a Samaritan. Amen. I've got the I've got the debt stacked against me. Hallelujah. I've got everything against me and not going in my favor. She focused on her race and gender as inferior. And then she began to focus on what she saw with her eyes. The Bible says, I mentioned earlier, we walk by faith and not by sight. She focused on what her eyes were, were showing her. And she saw that Jesus didn't have a bucket or a pail. Amen. To draw water from the well. That was, some people say, a hundred feet deep, a deep well. He didn't have a rope long enough. He wasn't able to, to help her out. And she was walking by her sight and not by, amen, faith, not by what God was able to do in her life. Some people today, all you see is the natural that surrounds you. All yours, all that affects you and your focus on is what's happening in the physical and the natural that some of us are not able to see that what God is doing in the spirit, what God is doing in our lives, God is working in our lives. But when we focus on temporary things, she focused on, on arguing, on arguing on debatable Bible topics. She said, well, not only can I uh, not be where I need to be because I'm a woman and I'm a Samaritan and because of what I'm seeing, but but also uh, I'm so focused on this this one topic of worship. Uh, you guys say that we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem and we say we're supposed to worship in Mount Gerizim. And so all of these things trip up the woman at the well. She can't get what God has for her because she's focused and she wants to argue. She wants to make a big deal about a mountain in her life. She, she's, she's dealing with the mountain, it seems like. And God says, it's, that's not even a concern. Then she begins to focus on trivial matters. Amen. She keeps letting trivial matters keep her from the gift of God. 
amen, I uh, began to study and I found that we unconsciously determine our future and we bind ourselves with chains that we can never break free from by the way in which we deal with the apparent trifles in life. We bind ourselves with chains. And this woman was bound with chains. She was bound with chains. She could not get free of what God wanted to do in her life until, amen, God began to confront the problem in her life. But before this, she, she was hung up on trivial matters. She was hung up on race, on gender, on what she saw, on debatable Bible topics. And she was wrapped up in temporary, fleshly, gratifying relationships from one to another, to another, to another, to another, and to another. And she allowed life to bind her up. Here's what I want to tell you today. No matter what binds you, no matter what distresses you, they, all of the things in our minds have legitimacy. But when we take it to God in prayer and we say, God, I'm struggling with the fact that I'm, I'm a woman. I'm struggling with the fact that I'm a Samaritan, God. I'm struggling with the fact that uh, you know, I, I disagree with, with what you're talking about on worship. I, I disagree with it, God. I, I, I just got these things, God. I got relationships and I got all these problems. The key to her success in the story was she kept telling it to Jesus. She kept bringing it to Jesus. She kept saying, Jesus, here's my problem. Amen. She wasn't uh, no more going to the woman at the other and then sitting telling them all her problems. She said, no, this is something that Jesus has to hear from me. I've got to take it to Jesus. Amen. So whatever problems you're facing today, amen, whatever situation, Brother Anthony, just take it to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, you're the only one that can fix my problem. Jesus, you're the only one that I can take my broken heart to and my injustices and my prejudices and the, the strife and the turmoil and the relationships. I bring them to Jesus. I'm laying it at his feet. I'm giving it to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus said, he begins to move through the conversation. He says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Jesus was after a worshiper. Someone that said, God, I want to worship you with my heart and with the truth of your word. I want it to be genuine. I want it to be authentic, God. God is here today and he's surveying the landscape. He's looking across this church and he's saying, is there anybody that has a revelation of who I am? Is there anybody that sees me for who I really am? Amen. Stop look, looking at the Lord and seeing your earthly father that, that, that abandoned you, abused you, mis, uh, mistreated you. Stop seeing him as your earthly mother. Amen. That, that just ran out of you. And stop seeing him like all the other relationships in your life. And look at Jesus, the author and the finisher, one that's able to heal and deliver and save and set free. I 
I'm here today and I'm presenting to this church that there is a Jesus in heaven that will cross every boundary. There is a Jesus in this place today that is reaching for somebody today and he wants to break you free from the chains that you're bound with. He'll do it if you let him. He'll do it if you let him. There was a time in my life when I came to church and my hands, I was told this before, my hands felt like cement blocks. They just hung so low, I couldn't get them up. I couldn't pray. I couldn't lift up my eyes. I couldn't lift my hands. I couldn't worship the Lord. I was just, I was really truly bound. I was discouraged. And I needed God to help me. But in spite of how I felt, I said, I'm going to go to church one more time. And maybe God will help me. I'm going to go to an altar one more time. And maybe God will help me. Faith, amen, believing that God is able to do it, regardless of circumstance or situation. Amen. But he began to tell her that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Amen. Jesus alluded to the fact that king that the kingdom of God will be represented by an encounter with the life-giving power. We said it earlier, Acts 1 and 8 says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But notice, it wasn't until the very end of their conversation in John chapter 4 that Jesus revealed to the woman who he was. It wasn't until the very end of their conversation that Jesus spoke to her and said, I am, I am he that you're talking about. I'm that Messiah. I'm that God that you're looking for. It wasn't until the very end of their conversation, amen, that he revealed to the Samaritan woman who he was regarding the Messiah comment from the woman in verse 25. Jesus said, I that speak unto thee, I am he. Amen. But first it had to be in verse 16. Amen. Go call thy husband. Jesus had to confront the problem in her life. He had to confront the issue in her life. Is that woman, you've got problems with just relationships. You've got problems, amen, that you need God to fix. And until you begin to own up and are honest with God, amen, God won't fully reveal himself to you. But in this moment, God said, it's high time that I show myself to this daughter because she's of great importance and value and I want to reach her. And so this message goes out today to help a man or a woman, a young person or an old person, whoever it would be, that says, God, I have got problems and I need a problem solver. I need you to work in my life. I need you to work in my life. Stand with me today as we close and the music begins to play softly. If you stay, if you take a step a bit higher in reading John chapter 4, you look at the context in which this story is told, you find that it directly follows, amen, the story of Nicodemus in chapter number 3. And although we haven't read it, Amen. 
The Bible says that Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews who came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art come from God because no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus begins to talk to him and says, except the man is born again of... Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born again? Except the man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But if you compare and contrast chapter 3 in John to chapter 4 in John, you find that there are stark differences that is going to reveal to us a truth here this morning. The stark differences between Nicodemus in chapter 3 and the Samaritan woman in chapter number 4 is that chapter 3 was a discourse with a man and chapter 4 was a discourse with a woman. In chapter 3, the discourse was at midnight or at nighttime. And in chapter 4, the discourse was at high noon at 12 o'clock. In chapter 3, the man was rich. Amen, the Bible tells us. But in chapter 4, the woman was poor. In chapter 3, the man was religious. Amen. And a ruler of the Jews and of the Pharisees. But in chapter 4, the woman was, amen, living in sin. In chapter 3, the man was respected. But in chapter 4, the woman was despised. In chapter 3, the man was a Jew. And in chapter 4, the woman, amen, was a Samaritan, an alien, and a stranger to the covenant people of God. You say, preacher, what is the point that you're trying to make? Amen. If for nothing else, chapters 3 and chapter 4, they reveals to us that Jesus came for everybody, for all people, for the up and the out, for the down and out, for the broken and the confused, and for the one that has it all together, for the rich, for the poor, for the man, for the woman, from every single walk of life. For the one that everybody's given up on. And the one that lives a shame and regret. And the one that's at the top rungs of society. He's reaching today. Jesus knew exactly who would be here on this Sunday morning. I did not know exactly who all would be here. Amen. But I began to pray. And I said, God, would you help me to deliver a message from you God, this message is not targeted for anybody, but this is a message for somebody that only you know, God, it would be in this place that needs to hear this message, that you love them in spite of their frailties, in spite of their faults, that you're a God of love and you're reaching and you know exactly what the individual is going through today. Would you close your eyes? Would you lift up your hands today? Come on, I'm asking every head bowed, every eye closed, every hand lifted. Amen. And I want you just to begin to say, God, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you still love me. Thank you, Lord, that you know exactly where I am and what I'm going through and the trials that I've been through. One relationship after another. One hang-up after another. Jesus loved me. If he did not love you, Samaritan woman, he would not have stopped to talk to you if there was not a chance to repent and to make it right with God. He would not have went through Samaria to talk to you. 
Hallelujah. I'm opening up this altar right now. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm opening up this altar for somebody that says, God, I want what you have for my life. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, I need you today. Jesus, I'm reaching for you today. I'm praying, God, you would have your way in this place. Come on, I'm opening up this altar today. Hallelujah, Brother Paul. Would you wheel Brother Anthony up to this altar? Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, that you would meet every need in this place today. I pray, God, you would touch every heart, every soul. God, you desire to work in the affairs of men, in the affairs of women today. Come on, I'm telling you today, God's here, and God's presence is in this place. And God wants to redeem. God wants to see reconciliation. God wants to see healing. Come on, pray.